Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon and good evening wherever you're joining us from. Hi guys, hope you are doing well. Um, Sorry we've been quiet. I had to take some time off um, just to rest, finish my dissertation, finish my master's and currently finishing up some evaluations for some of our project that just recently ended. But um, yeah, I took January off, but we'll be back from today moving forward you'll get your normal episodes um but yeah this episode is a bit different we actually launched twitter spaces last month in jan and each month we'll be talking about different topics and this month we talked about missing out on things as an eldest daughter and the conversation went into different directions this episode um wasn't recorded as a podcast format um and twitter space it doesn't have a um, download function so i had to do it manually so please be aware of that in terms of the audio and the recording um it's clear but in some instances you might hear some interferences and um, the topics are really interesting and i thought um some of us that are not on twitter might benefit on from having it on here and one other request um this year we're really trying to push the podcast so for those of you that use apple Podcasts, please do leave us a review and um just so other eldest daughters can reach us and kind of know what to expect on the podcast that would be really really highly appreciated and um yeah i hope you enjoy the episode and also we're looking for new guests that want to come on the podcast if that's you drop us an email or a DM on any of our platforms and we will send you more details. But as always, you are now listening to Homegirls Unite. Please do not listen to this podcast whilst cooking, cleaning or doing any childcare related activities. Cool. I nearly forgot it then. But yeah, hope you enjoy the episode, guys, and we'll be back next week. Have a good one. First ever space. Um, We thought we'd do this because we have quite a lot of girls outside of the UK that are not always able to attend our one-to-one events so and um, in-person events as well. So this event is going to focus on things that we've missed out on being eldest daughters and how to deal with them. And we have joining me will be Jalika, um, one of our team's members from Homegirls, and Anjura, who is a um, trainee um, psychologist she'll be helping us um, through anything that we may want to talk about um, with like a professional giving us tips etc so yeah well I'll let the girls introduce themselves hi Jalika hi Njura do you want to introduce yourselves hi everybody I'm Jalika like Yasin said I'm one of the team members on Home Girls and really excited for this space I'll keep it short Hi everybody, I'm Anjora. Uh, as Yasin kindly introduced me, I'm a training clinical psychologist, but also identify as an eldest daughter. I've been following Homegirls for a while and have wanted to get involved and Yasin has kindly offered for me to get on board. So just here to listen, but also to uh, help out in any way that I can. Amazing. Thank you guys. Um, so one of the things that we wanted to talk about today is missing out and we would love for you guys to also put in and add your input where possible and if there's anything that you want us to specifically talk about that um you're not comfortable on saying 
please do drop us a line on our DMs. We'll be monitoring them and then we can talk about it on your behalf. So some of the things, topics that we're going to look at is um, missing out on things like friendships, career opportunities, um, intimate partner relationships, education and finances. So I'll go off first and talk about my own personal experience and I think what I'm struggling the most with as an eldest daughter and what I feel like I've missed out on the most. And I think that would be actually building a good relationship with my younger siblings. And I kind of get a bit jealous seeing other people with their siblings being able to have a balanced relationship because I think I've grown up being their second mom and being like an authoritarian figure to them to the point that they don't even see me as their sister anymore and they see me as someone that just gives them orders, someone that tells them off. And funnily enough, one of the things that our parents drilled into us is, oh, you only have your siblings and we're going to die one day, you only have your siblings. But then they put you in this position where you're actually not even able to build a good relationship with your siblings and it's kind of hard and it's something that I'm really trying to overcome and work um, work through. Um, Jalika, what has been your experience in missing out as an eldest daughter? Hello. So um, my journey being an eldest daughter is kind of different because I've not always been an eldest daughter. So I'm actually the youngest um, of like my parents' children, but then my mom got remarried and then I had younger step-siblings who were of course my siblings and so my journey being an eldest daughter was very shocking because I went literally my whole life almost being like an only child and then I had two younger siblings who were much much younger and I think what I feel like I missed out on the most is probably I would say having maybe a really close relationship with my parents I think as you're getting older, you kind of start to understand them more and you almost build this like friendship. But then seeing my mom, for example, as a parent for the first time and me kind of having to chip in, I think we clashed a lot. So I sometimes feel like we would have had kind of a more fun relationship if I didn't have to take on the eldest daughter role. Um, so yeah, that's it for me. What about you, Andorra? Hello. Um, I, I feel like I've probably missed out on having a more carefree relationship maybe with my parents and when I say carefree I mean quite open one because I feel like um, I very as Yasin mentioned that she was in this authoritarian uh, figure to her siblings I ha I share the same uh, position I have a younger brother and I was very much in that position so it's almost as if I became a a parent very quickly and then I couldn't share this child parent relationship with my own parents because I sort of started to manage my parents as well and their affairs from a very young age and so I think that took away from me actually having a decent relationship with them myself so things along the way then started to become quite transactional uh, if I did something for them or they would have to do something for me so yeah I think I've probably missed out on having quite a I suppose a, a a carefree relationship with them it's always been laden with responsibilities and other demands that's really um interesting and i never really thought about it like that because i think it's similar with my parents as well um i now see the relationship that my parents have with my younger siblings 
and it kind of frustrates me a bit mm. because I'm like, where was all this mm. when I was growing up? And another thing I think that reminds me of that is missing out on education mm. because of my eldest daughter role. Um, I remember when I was like maybe in year 10 or 11, 9 or 10, um, I won an award in school. And on the award night, no one turned up. Um, like, no, my dad didn't turn up. And then when I got home, no one congratulated me. The, actually, what they said was, why didn't you do the dishes? Like, the dishes are in the sink. Why didn't you cook dinner? And I'm just like, mate, I just won an award, like my first ever award in school. And the best thing you can come back to me with is how I haven't done the chores. But now, looking back, my brother can take the bin out and people will clap for him and they'll be so proud because he's able to take the bin out with no arguments and it's like I understand the fact that as our parents get older I think they become lazier in parenting and they don't maybe have as much energy much energy to be strict with our younger ones than they were with us and that's why it's really important if we are in a position to do so, to actually communicate our feelings to our parents. And I think it will really help in moving forward. Unfortunately, I haven't had the guts to do this yet, but hopefully um, with time to come and more um, therapy sessions, I'll be in a better space to be able to actually be like, listen, you guys tried your best, but unfortunately your best wasn't kind of doing it or should have been what I received, should have been more than you gave me, for example. But that always sits with me, and that particular incident is something that I'll never forget. It happened when I was 15, I'm, I'm nearly 30, and it's still sitting with me. Uh, I was just going to say, yes, and I think it's so important that you shared that because we probably carry around so much of the this hurt and it sounds like it's an incident that's probably stayed with you for a very long time and how some of these things can really, uh, these wounds can really stay with us. And I guess maybe those same wounds are pointing to something that maybe needs to be addressed. So like you said, you're finding the courage and the strength to do it from therapy sessions. So that's brilliant. Um, and, um, you know, but I, I guess what you're, you're bringing light or attention to is the fact that uh, it's something that needs to be addressed. Yeah, because it still it still hurts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's definitely something that I'm I'm definitely working on, and hopefully, um, we'll be able to continue working on and healing from. Um, we have a DM. Um, someone said. Um, so any one of us can respond to this. Um, I have come to terms with what I've missed on missed out of the past. What scares me is what I'm going to miss out on in the future due to my eldest daughter role. I'm nearly thirty two and my younger siblings are thirteen and sixteen. I worry that if anything happens to my mom I will give up everything that I've planned for myself to care for them. Okay, that's a heavy one. Um I think what I would say to this eldest daughter is to try to live in the moment rather than actually worrying about things that haven't happened yet is something that I actually also worry about like thinking about what I'm going to have to do if a time comes that I'm going to have to look, look after my siblings if anything happens to any of my parents so I think living in the moment um, maybe even like talking to your mom and planning things 
because I feel like we wait for things to happen, then we stress about it. Maybe actually talking to your mom and being like, listen, this is a worry of mine. Um, can we come up with a plan so just in case something is to happen? What do you want me to do? Have things in place that means that you don't have to give up your life to look after your siblings. Um, I don't know what you guys, Angelica, go on. Yeah, I definitely understand that anxiety. And I think the issue is that in a lot of the cultural backgrounds that we come from, it's considered as kind of bad luck or negative to, to talk about and plan those things. It's almost as if, you know, you're like wishing death on your parent by saying, well, can we talk about what will happen if you weren't to be here, for example? When, in fact, I think anybody who has children, that's something you should think about while you're planning to bring them into this world. But I think as eldest daughters, and now I'm including myself in this category, we kind of tend to think that just because we can means that we should be the ones that should and the only ones that should. And I think in a case like this, for example, the mum, I'm presuming like the mum's side has a family, the dad's side has a family, there's a community of people around who will love and care for those children enough to come together to care for them in like the absence of one of their parents or both of their parents. So I think we should probably start by not assuming responsibility for everything because the truth is eldest daughters are also human beings. Like we can't do everything. So I think always start from the position of I'm also a flawed person. I have needs, but what can I negotiate? And then you negotiate that with the people around you as opposed to immediately assuming responsibility for everything because if you do that then people will leave you with it you know thank you i completely agree and i think that when you said that elder daughters are also humans with our own flaws i think like forgetting everyone else in this scenario um i think us eldest daughters ourselves need to remember that because i think sometimes that we forget that we have our own needs that um, need to be met even if not by others, but by ourselves. And I think prioritizing ourselves is really important in being able to help, not solve everyone's problem, but even being in the right mindset to be like, okay, I can support this person here or there. And I think that's a little grace that we can all give to ourselves. Um, Nancy? Hi, so I just want to answer that question because that actually happened to me. So I'm the eldest daughter and we lost both our parents. and. I just wanted to say to not to make it um, clear that you won't be taking all the responsibility because I sort of took that on. I made a, I did the thing of promising my mum before she was dying that I'd do it. But then my mental health just went, I was just at the bottom of the bottom. So which meant the more I tried to take on, the more I failed. And the only way I succeeded was actually by moving out and giving myself space. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to tell her to look after herself first and then your siblings seconds. I know that's hard, but that's the only way you can really help her. Yeah, I would say the same. I'm not sure if anyone can hear me. Is Muller Cake? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, um, just saying that I think it's um, a cultural thing. It's people's, um, just being the oldest daughter I think it's something that's very common and it's also the pressure of the parents putting on to the to the like the eld the eldest child that's that makes us feel that way it's understandable why we worry because it's the pressure that our parents put onto us and is what our parents say to us like constantly thank you um for sharing that and I completely agree I think we've been socially 
um, we've been like socialized as daughters because we don't really see any of these pressures being put on the boys. Um, I, I can't imagine my brother being asked to do half of the things that um, I've been asked to do just because he's a boy. And I think when we, if we remember that we actually don't owe people anything, like we can choose to do yeah. it out of love and out of, oh, I love my siblings and I want to support them. Or I love my mom and I want to support her, not because it's by force and it's cultural. And the frustrating thing about the cultural thing is that a lot of our moms actually also went through the same thing. Um, growing up in terms of the pressures of being an eldest daughter, the pressures of using culture and tradition to get them to do what they want, but then they end up not really trying to reject it and they push it onto their daughters. And when we actually try to reject it, all of a sudden we're the bad people and we're the ones that have like we're trying to change we have no values we have no morals etc so i definitely agree that we definitely need to make a stand and that's hard as elders daughters because a lot of us don't like conflict we're people pleasers we want everyone to be happy and then it's to our own detriment so i think um that's something that i would say to that Sorry, I was just saying because um, someone who's moved out and actually now I'm just in my truth, it's um like a piece that just comes with you. Like, do you know what? I am the oldest, but I'm not. I'm not their mum. Mm. I can only do as much as I can do, and it's my life. It's as simple as that. So I just yeah. feel like I'm at a stage of my life where it's, I love my siblings and everything, but there's certain things I'm not going to tolerate any longer yeah. just because mm. I'm the sister. I'm not, um, you know, it's not my responsibility to make like, anyone happy. It's everyone's own responsibility. And I feel like parents, um, especially, I would say, um, African and Caribbean parents, especially with the oldest daughter, they kind of don't see them as a daughter. They just see them as like, a maid or just a human, like not actually with an identity. It's actually like, I'm somebody. I'm not just here mm. for your service. And sometimes when you speak up, it, it, it can be difficult to like say that to your parent, but sometimes I feel like you have to just be very truthful and honest because otherwise you're just going to be lying to yourself your whole life. And I just see it as my happiness comes over everything because there's people that haven't been there for me when I needed it. And it's not just because I'm the oldest. I deserve as much love as I give to everyone else. So that's just my um, just advice, I would say, to anyone listening to this, that, you know... If it's really difficult at home and you want to move out, you can make it happen. You just don't feel bad for doing it, like, ever. Thank you. Go on, Andira. Uh, I was just going to ask, um, uh, sorry, is that Malaka? Is that, did I say your name right? Milake. Milake. Thank you. Thanks for sharing. I guess I wanted to, it, I'm, I'm so happy that you've, you know, you found, you found that piece and it sounds like being on your own afforded you to, to actually get that and, and realise your own strength and your worth mm -hmm. and what you actually deserve rightfully just as a human being actually less yeah. so about an eldest daughter mm -hmm. but I, I guess my question is how and, and for probably for everybody else listening you said you know if you think it's not possible it is you know mm -hmm. move out how, how what actually led you to take those steps and do that because it might be helpful for everybody perhaps mm -hmm. maybe to just know if you feel like sh if you're happy to share how you got yeah. to that point 
I moved up pretty young age. It's just been, I just always knew like there's more out there for me. This is this is not my happiness. There's something that's not right. So I feel like my intuition's always been strong from a very young age. Mm. And when I got to a point where I was able to have that control to like take my own life in my own hands, I just got some support and I literally expressed my feelings. It was very difficult, but I was like, it was too overwhelming. I was like, I need I need to get out of this situation. Mm. And it's only now that I'm older, like I'm being vulnerable and speaking about my feelings and everything still quite difficult of being an eldest daughter and just sometimes when you express your feelings or get gaslighted or told that you're not the issue um I'm you're the issue, sorry. And it's just it's just chaos. But I feel mm. like when you speak to the right people and open up and just be a bit vulnerable, then like anything is possible. But that's that's what I would say mm. really ultimately. Yeah, and it's just a piece that you just come to and it can take like many years, months, years, mm. but it will just happen when it happens when you get to that realisation. I mean, I think like, you know, as an eldest daughter, I can only imagine how liberating it is to kind of be in situations, especially with multiple siblings, when you're finally able to have your own space and do things at your own pace. But I think the sad reality is that being an eldest daughter makes that very fact really difficult or sometimes even impossible due to many reasons. Firstly, it's the financial reason, and especially if you're in the UK, in London, rent alone is really expensive and you need a deposit and all of that. And so many eldest daughters speak about kind of the financial responsibilities or sometimes even the financial abuse that takes place in their households where their money is not really theirs they're expected to use it to care for their siblings or to contribute to the household which can make it quite difficult for them to then kind of assert that independence and go on to um like build their life on their own outside of that family context so although it's something that's really useful for eldest daughters sadly it's really not possible for a lot of them and the other factor is that sometimes moving out can cause so much more conflict because it's seen as you abandoning your siblings that you should be responsible for if you think of the daily things that eldest daughters do that's taking care of them and if they're at school age taking them to school bringing them back and cleaning and feeding them and all of that and if you are no longer in the house that means somebody else has to do that and I think a lot of the parents are just not willing to face that responsibility because they don't think it's theirs and you moving out can be quite threatening um and that combined with kind of like like you said the afro-caribbean cultural context where um we're not really kind of a society where it's like as soon as you're 18 you move out of your parents house so i think even though it's probably one of the most liberating things you can do it's also one of the hardest um and I know that home girls, we've got some resources or maybe group chats where people who have been able to do this can share tips. And I think that would be really helpful for anyone who's thinking about it to maybe communicate with some of those girls so that they can kind of give you a breakdown of how they went about it or how they communicated that desire to their parents and like saved up to make it happen. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I would be willing to... Um, just help where I can because I do see a lot of people even on TikTok and I just feel like well that was me once before and I feel like there's some things that I know my knowledge I can just help some people it's just really sad really ultimately it's just really sad to be honest. Thank you guys um yeah um in terms of 
resources for moving out. We do have um, quite a few. We've done events around moving out. And for those of us that can't move out, we've also got resources in dealing with um, toxic family members and being in toxic environments. Um, but what I would say um, in terms of if you're not able to financially uh, move out yet, but you have a chance to maybe go to uni, because because I know that's the that's the time that most people can move out, and that was the time that I was able to move out of the house. Um, as soon as it was time to choose my choices, I was like, I'm getting as far away from this place as possible. I moved to another city and I've never been back. And I think that was really one of my ways of just escaping. I think had I stayed home, I probably would still be at home or still trying to negotiate things. I know a lot of parents do try to make their kids stay at home for uni. Um, like it could be a thing that, or oh, you're saving money, or you need to stay, like to help. But if you can, and if it's safe to do so, I would say, um, run as fast as you can. Um, I want to also add that being outside of the household has really helped in creating a better relationship with a lot of my family members. I don't think I would have half as good as a relationship I have with them now had I still lived in the household. And it definitely does help you in setting boundaries and sticking to your boundaries. Not to say that it completely cut them off because my siblings will text me stupid things like, what's the password for my laptop? Like, how am I supposed to know the password for your laptop? It's still there, but at least now it's from a distance and you're able to control it a bit more. You're not under their roof. You don't need to get threatened to be kicked out if you don't do what they want it, what they want you to do. So those are some of the things that um, we can think about if we're not ready to fully, fully move out. We can do it through other routes, like maybe uni and stuff. Um, someone um, sent another DM, and it says, I resent my siblings a lot because I feel like they have had such an easy life I know it's not their fault, but I've missed out on a lot of things like friendships because I made, um, I was made to prioritize their needs ahead of mine. Um, how do I get over this resentment? Um, Jalika and Jura, any tips for this eldest daughter? I don't know if I'm kind of in the right position for this because, like, like I said, I'm still new to being the eldest. Um. Mm. And I guess the feeling of resentment, I would say I've probably experienced it, but more towards kind of the parents themselves rather than the siblings. But maybe that's because they're still quite young and I yeah. kind of haven't been in the marathon for long enough. But it does happen. I've been experiencing it on kind of small scales, especially when I've had to like shift plans or, you know, cancel things and basically rejig my life to accommodate for like you know, childcare and things like that. But I can't really say I've experienced it in regards to siblings yet, and I hope not to. <laughs> and Jura? <laughs> yeah, this is definitely something I've experienced. Um, I'm only two years um, older than my brother, and the amount of responsibility that I have had to take on in the last couple of years, I cannot see him taking on anywhere near any of the responsibility that I have. And mm. um, recently actually had a quite a big, 
I suppose, blow out with my parents where I brought up this said resentment to them. And I was reassured and told that the reason I have this responsibility on my shoulders is because I am the more capable child out of me and my brother. And to be honest, I feel like that fueled my resentment even more because just because I'm capable and I can take it on doesn't mean I want to uh, because I've got other things of my own. So it's, it, you know, just, you know, and I often feel like this, this term, you know, you're capable, you're more responsible is often used in a way, maybe a weapon is a very strong word, but it often is used in that way. It's supposed meant to reassure me, but it really did in that. In fact, like I said, it made me feel all the more resentful. I haven't found a way to manage the resentment, sadly. Uh, I find, you know, as, as ironic as it is, I deal a lot with emotions and find emotions very complex, but also very interesting, which is why I do it. But resentment is a very, I feel... Um, quite a complex emotion and I still haven't found my way around it so I think I'm working on just accepting that that's how I feel at the moment and I might not always feel like that and I know that that's quite hard um, acceptance and I think somebody talked about being in the moment I think it might have been you Yasin earlier on just kind of being in the present and noticing that that's what you're feeling and maybe yeah I yeah sadly I haven't got any more to offer on that but I think maybe just accepting where you are and knowing that you might not always feel like that but actually what else can you do um is it speaking up to your brother or sibling uh, that you do feel like that is there something that they can help out with so you're not feeling this resentment towards them uh that's something that I've done recently speaking with my brother about some of the responsibility that he can take on so I'm not really feeling like I'm bearing the brunt of it all just because I'm capable Thank you. Um, I completely agree with that because I think I'm quite similar with my siblings as well um, and more so with my brother because I feel like we're close to age and he is well capable of doing things but parents don't really push him or ask him and I think maybe try to get to the root of like why you're really feeling the way you're feeling like is it because you can't take the frustration out of your par- on your parents and your brother is like the next closest thing or your siblings are like the easiest target? Because, of course, it's hard, but I think having a conversation with parents can be a starting point. And um, we did some quick thread on how, how to deal with siblings and how to better our sibling relationships. And I think one thing that I would say is Actually, just trying to be a sister um, has really been helpful to me. And when, because when your siblings come to you, your automatic instinct is to solve whatever problem that they're coming to you with. We don't want to see the people we love suffer. But sometimes you just have to step away and let them deal with it. And I think by looking at it in a way that by not helping, by not letting them solve their own issues, you're actually doing them a disservice because they're going to grow up and not know how to do anything for themselves. If you compare where you are now, um, sorry, if you compare where your siblings are now and what you were at their age, you will see a big difference because the things that you were doing at their age, they might not even be able to do half of that. So when it comes to things like basic basic life skills they can't do it for themselves so i think as eldest daughters we need to back off a bit sometimes and actually just let people 
fend for themselves and look after themselves rather than making sure that they're always solved, their problems are always solved and things are done for them. Jalika? I just wanted to ask, um, well, to the person who sent that DM and to anyone else, is I wonder what if the feelings of resentment that eldest daughters feel are similar in ones whose younger siblings are also daughters um, as opposed to sons. Because I feel like when there's a kind of a gender difference, there's also obviously the issue of patriarchy, that, which makes it so that even if the you're not the eldest child and you have like an older sibling, if they're a brother, if you have an older brother, you somehow still become like the most capable person in the house anyway. So I wonder if those feelings are the same for people who have like um, siblings who are girls as opposed to siblings who are boys. And also, I just wanted to say that in terms of eldest daughters um, always wanting to solve everything, I think that's something that really impacts the relationships you guys and self, I'll include myself, have with other people aside from just their siblings. So I think it's really you have to kind of think of it as something that you're doing for yourself. Yes, you're doing it for your siblings so that they can also be capable. And so they realise that there's consequences to not being on top of the things that you should be dealing with for your own self. But I think it will help you guys to also relax more in your personal relationships. Like, for example, Yasin, I'm going to put you on blast. Yasin, when, even when we're going out, she always has to check the weather and make sure that the We've made a booking at the restaurant. Even when I'm crossing the road, she wants to hold my hand. So I feel like that thing of always wanting to look after everybody and always wanting to solve a problem impacts all of your relationships when you're an eldest daughter. So you have to really... It feels hard. Maybe it feels wrong even because you're made to believe that you should care for your siblings, but it's something you need to do for them and also for yourself. I, I completely agree. And I, I am unlearning those things because... It's just additional stress that I don't need, like being worried about people getting their trains on time, like when they're not even worried about getting their trains on time. So thank you. I will work on that. Um, Jolene, I hope, Jolene, sorry if I mispronounce your name. Hi, I just wanted to pop in and say something. I know someone had asked if the resentment is the same. So I'm the oldest of five kids. I have three sisters and a brother, and my brother and sister are twins, and they're the youngest. And I would say that there is some level of resentment because as the oldest sister, you're kind of meant to be um, what I was called a mother hen and pretty much guide your sisters. You're meant to be a mom to your sisters. So what my mom was meant to be to me, I'm supposed to be that for three other girls. Um, I couldn't make any mistakes. And um, yeah, so there is some level of resentment. Um, the things I know how to cook, my sister doesn't know how to cook. The things I know how to do, the street smart that I needed to learn how to be, my sisters aren't. They don't know how to move really quickly because they never really had to. So it's still there. And I'm the one who pretty much does everything for them. Um, I'm 23. My sisters are 18 and 17. And there are a lot of things they can't do. And they never really needed to because I was always there. Um, I went to boarding school and then I went to college. And my siblings are in boarding school. But when we're all home for holidays, you know, when I'm back, it's like, oh, she's back. So I don't need to cook. Or she's back. So she's going to be the one handling all of these things. So I guess I could say that the resentment is still there. And what I've started doing is just not coming back 
or if I'm booking my flights, I come back for a week or two at most, and then I'm gone again because, um, you know, they need to learn how to do things on their own. And I'm no one's mom, even though I've been told that my whole life. I'm no one's mom. I've not had kids yet. And now um, I'm pushing back to when I probably would like to have kids. So I would say that, yeah, it's still there. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I think for me, I definitely have more resentment towards my brother than I do for my sister because since I've left the house, um, the role of being an eldest daughter has rolled onto my sister. My sister is 16, my brother is 20, and she's expected to do all these things because she's a girl. My brother's biggest chore in the house is taking the bin out, and even that is a fight. And I think our mum, to some extent, I don't feel like they are allies in terms of fighting patriarchy because they do it to some extent to release, relieve themselves from all the stresses that come with being a wife, being a mother, being in the household, etc. And then they push those things onto their daughters. And I think to some extent, a lot of our mothers, either consciously or unconsciously, are grooming their daughters to be them when they're older. Because I see a lot of things that they're teaching us is to be, oh, you need you need to learn how to cook because you're going to have kids. Um, my, my brother's going to have kids. Doesn't he need to feed his kids one day? So I think the lack of urgency that sons are given in terms of learning life skills is just not balancing out for me quick enough. And I hope that our generation of eldest daughters can be in a position where we recognize this and see this and don't put our eldest daughters through the same thing because it would be a shame to cry about our struggles and then um, put our own daughters through the same experience. Um, sorry, I just wanted to ask, um, I know sure. this may be really weird, but um, as the oldest daughter, I've kind of said this to most um, relationships with, and I wanted to know if it was a thing with other oldest daughters, but... Has anybody ever not wanted to have a daughter first for this reason alone? And I know most people would say, you know, you have to learn all of these, unlearn everything in therapy. But I don't want to have a daughter first. I want a daughter, but I don't want to have one first because even though I know what I went through, I'm just scared that unconsciously I may put her through the mm -hmm. same thing. And I don't want that. And so now, like, it's one of my nightmares, not a nightmare, not a nightmare, but it's like, an unconscious fear that I have that if I have a daughter first, like, it's going to be difficult and she may end up presenting me or feeling the same way I feel towards my mom, towards me. I feel like, Jolene, the first of all, your picture is so nice. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, the fact that you're even thinking like that shows that you're not going to treat your daughter like that because I had the same exact thoughts. And if anything, I probably do want a daughter first. Um, I would say, like, the fact that you've even thought of it is the awareness that you're thinking, you're already like worrying. I've had that same feeling. So um, it's just been so difficult, you know, it's just been so difficult being the eldest child and everything. And I just think to myself, I actually, I'm not going to block my blessings and not have kids because of because of what I went through. I'm actually going to have a child and make sure I break those generational curses um, and have, and actually, I would want to have a daughter first, to be honest. So, yeah. Thank you. That was really, that was really helpful. Thank you.
So I wanted to say that I think sometimes you're right, our mothers are not allies, but not only that, they can really, really play a very key key role in upholding patriarchy in the household. And I think mm. maybe the reason why that happens is because maybe they're not ready to confront patriarchy because to tell your sons that you also have to take part in the house and in caring for everybody as much as, you know, your sister or whatever else, it first requires you to, like, have that understanding and that willingness to say you're all the same, like, you have to do the same stuff. Nobody inherently has more responsibility than anyone else. Nobody's inherently more capable. So I think if you, and to confront that also means like accepting your position within it or realizing the way patriarchy has impacted their lives, for example, the fact that like maybe it's affecting them financially, the fact that some of them maybe stay at home parents because they didn't have the opportunity to work and that's not what they want. So I think confronting that can be quite heavy. So it's easier and more socially acceptable to just make your daughter kind of the slave of the house because it doesn't require you to to confront anything it doesn't require you to take accountability for anything it doesn't require you to think of like forces that are exerting control over your life that are not like within your reach that you can't control um so i think if we all start kind of thinking of it in that way then we can be certain that we'll at least try to not reproduce those same dynamics with our kids thank you i i completely second that and um I think not to defend our parents, etc., especially our moms. But I think we, our generation, have been very lucky in terms of the spaces that we have. Um, we have spaces like this. We are more open to going to therapy. We are more open to talking about things like our mental health with one another, whereas our mothers and parents aren't really about that. Therefore we're learning and we're like 10 steps ahead doing the work and they're like 10 steps behind. So it's really hard to expect someone to understand you and just go along with your needs when they don't really, really understand you. And a lot of our parents, especially immigrant parents, they're still living in like the times of their host con um, their countries of origin in terms of tradition and culture, those are the things that drive them. Those are the things that they want to continue doing, even though those things may even be outdated um, from their from their countries. Um, they still want to instill that to in their children's lives. And I think that's why some of the difficulties lie. Just because something is cultural and traditional doesn't mean it's good. And I think more, more of our parents. Well, I, I agree. I agree about having mm. to be a I realize that intimate relationships can be difficult because I want to rationalize everything, every emotion, every possible outcome. And mm. having intimate relationships, even with friends, can be really difficult. People do not understand why it seems that you want to already know the end from the beginning of things. Well, I would say that in being a little more irresponsible this year, I have just left some things, I've left some thrown some things in the air and not thought about where they go. Understanding that other people can get this path of life and just take things as they come. I think I, should, I also deserve 
for myself to accept as possible in some of the issues, some of the things in my life. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, I'm just going to go through um, a couple of DMs that have been sent in. Um, someone said, recently I've had so many conversations with my with both my parents and siblings and it didn't go very well. I am in the same house as them, but we go for days of not talking. And when the day comes for me to move out, I know I would like to live far, far away and maybe go less contact. I do feel at peace when we um, aren't talking, but I don't think my mom will ever let me go. My um, brackets, my mom's also a narcissist. Um, can we talk about estrangements for eldest daughters? Um, has anyone experienced um, going no contact with their family members um, at all? Or um, Andura, if this was a thing that this eldest daughter wanted to do, what would you say is the best way to go about it? I think it is quite a difficult situation to be in because I can't imagine that being under the same household uh, and not speaking to parents and siblings for days can be quite quite a hostile environment and I can't imagine what that must feel like just in terms of your own mental health and how you might feel. And I think they briefly mentioned that their parent, they suspect that their parent is a narcissist. So I think yeah. it's hard. I think it's about... Um, really thinking about whether co continuing to keep contact with them has any um, not so much benefit, but does you know what 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 does it bring with it? Does it bring more angst, more dread? Then I guess it's probably thinking about what other options you might have available to you in terms of you know it, it is moving out an option because I can't imagine continuing to live that way would be good for you. But mm. also sometimes it's I don't know whether coming back and trying to uh, have another conversation and actually just naming, naming the fact that nobody's speaking to each other. Why is that? Yeah. What is that about? And actually naming the situation can sometimes itself help uh, because maybe yeah. perhaps maybe they're also feeling just as uh, unsure of what to do. And that's why they've withdrawn and kept to themselves. And maybe, maybe similarly, uh, you know, the person who's DM'd is probably feeling that way because they don't know how to broach the topic or the subject. So, yeah, yeah it, it's a it's a hard. tough one. Mm. Thank you um, for that. I think it is a hard one to be estranged from your family, and um, mm. but I also think if if you feel this is the best decision for you personally, I think someone did mention something about putting ourselves first and putting our needs first. Um, your home is supposed to be somewhere that mm. you're at peace and happy and, you know, feel yeah. safe in and not being able to feel safe or being able to talk to your family is not an environment that you're going to thrive in mm. or be happy in. And I think maybe before you make that decision to um, um, of estrangement, I think just do your research to see that mm -hmm. if you're really ready for this and look at both sides of the argument of pros and cons of doing this um, and make a decision from that. And mm -hmm. if you do get to a point of moving out, like I mentioned earlier, 
moving out does make things easier. So you might find that you move out and you may decide that, okay, I'm going to talk to them once a month um, in your under your conditions and your terms and what you want to do rather than, oh, I'm going to talk to them every day. One thing that I would advise for elder sisters who especially are not having the best of relationships is buying a second cheap phone and people that you don't want to talk to, give them that number. Um, we spend a lot mm -hmm. of our time on our phones and it needs to be a space that we're comfortable in rather than WhatsApp. I despise WhatsApp. Um, that's where everyone can just get you, I feel like. So making little things like that for yourself to make sure that you can um, have more of a more of a control on who can gain access to you on your phone and in person is really important. Um, but I will look up more resources um, for this eldest daughter on the topic of estrangement and I will try and also get other eldest daughters who may have experienced this to maybe come on the podcast and um, to share their experience. Yeah, the, the only other thing that I was also going to add, if that's okay, was just thinking about it purely from a uh, wanting to make a change perspective and sometimes just thinking about something in your mind, especially when the emotions are all in it and you're thinking about, you know, what might happen. It's very hard to think quite objectively about the situation in terms of, you know, is moving out an option or it's not an option. So sometimes um, in, in psychology, when we think about making changes, and this could be anything, you know, making changes to your physical health or you know, you want to, I don't know, give up smoking, take up running, anything. Uh, we often mm. ask um, people to do a um, pros and cons of change. And I guess the change in this case would be moving out. So doing drawing up yeah. a list of, you know, pros of moving out and then the cons of moving out. And actually sometimes writing things out in this way helps to get out of your mind and helps you to probably see something in quite a black and white objective way that might help you to maybe start thinking about a change, you know, and that could be, that particular change or it could be something completely different so this is just more from a practical perspective that's great thank you um for that Andura. um mr brouette i hope i'm pronouncing that right yes yes that is mr Brouette. uh hi thank you for for uh, having me on on the stage um i think i just i'm not an an oldest daughter, so I just wanted to highlight that before I start speaking. I, I think you guys have been like really um, talking about a super interesting um, topic, which and like the, the thing that I wanted to talk about, and I think that it's been highlighted by a couple of people here already, especially with the example that was given about like someone who left the house and then the goal of eldest daughter. Uh, kind of rolled down to their to their younger sister, even though there was somebody who was older than them uh, in the household. But because they were not uh, like a daughter, they were the son. They just didn't have to carry as much responsibility as them, right? And I think that for me, like it kind of it's like the same story that happens to the point where I feel like the role of eldest daughter. Yes, it be it's extremely heavy and I can tell that like the first ones are gonna have to carry a lot like my my older sister was the one uh, having to do our hair in the house having to like 
stay at home, cook. She's cooked like for, for years before leaving. And I remember when she left, that will also just went down to my second older sister. And I left home when I was 18. And I left home before my second older sister was like got married. And I could see um, her just taking up all of this role of cooking when nobody was home, while my while my other siblings, my other my my brothers, because there was not <laughs> there were days like not another group, but I like, while my brothers didn't have that much to do. And while she, there was like I have a brother who is older than her. And there was like this disappointing thing that happened when that older sister left after the first one. And then there was this realization that I was not going to be there to, to take up that role. And I remember how just how much my mom was kind of lost. And you could, you could hear it in the ways that she was speaking about me living abroad and just her trying to highlight every single time. And there was like more pressure when my oldest, when like the second older sister left, there was a bit more pressure in terms of, hey, like you have to come back. Like, when are you coming back? When are you going to finish your, your studies? And then when are you going to be here? We need you back. We need you back. And which is interesting because like, I feel like, yes, there is like this problem of older, old eldest daughters, but it's like a rule that you end up having to have in, in families because you are a woman and there is like men around that need to be taken care of to the point where your mom just cannot do it by, on her own. Like there is so much mental load in terms of how to take care of this man uh, and just the family that our moms, and it's really sad because they're very, like I, I heard people rightfully so talk about how the moms carry a lot of responsibility with how much pressure they put on this, on like this eldest daughters, which is actually really heartbreaking. But at the same time, you wonder how much choice did they have in some moments? There are some cases where it's extreme, where it's just fucked up. Like there's, there's no conversations to be had about that. But you know, there are other examples where I'm just like, whoa, like you have these women who give birth to daughters because, and like everything, when they give birth to daughters, the first thing that is coming to their head, to their mind is, phew, there's somebody who's going to pick up some of the work that has to be done around here. And then you have these daughters who just live their whole entire lives with this understanding that they have to pick up some work and they have to carry some of this mental load, regardless of where they are in their lives. Right? So, so it's, it's a bit heartbreaking to hear all of these stories. And... And once again, another story of just how messed up society is, especially in our in our cultures and our societies. And I am wishing a lot of healing on everybody here who has had to deal with this. And uh, I hope like this is this is a cycle that gets to be broken in the next generations, hopefully. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you very much for sharing and. I I just wanted to um, address a lot of, um, some of us have mentioned that we're not eldest daughters. And I think throughout the years, we've kind of had to, had a realization that the eldest daughter does not necessarily mean 
you're the firstborn girl. Um, it can be inherited. It can be passed down. Um, the eldest daughter may reject the role. Um, and that means that someone else gets it instead. And I think our parents, our moms, I think one thing that I want to keep reiterating that when you speak to a lot of eldest daughters, they actually don't mind helping in the house. I think the issue is how unfair it is in terms of the distribution of supporting in the household. We're not all going to sit there and watch our moms like suffer and be doing all the work, etc., and not support her. But I think it's also important to see our moms as enablers because you can't be in the house suffering. You have four kids, but you only choose to pick on one to, to do everything. And I think that's where some of the sympathy for our mothers can sometimes decline because it's like, clearly, you may not need the help as much as we think you need the help because if you did, then you would have asked your son who can't do anything. You might teach him how to do other things. And I think as we um, as we learn about ourselves and like learn about our identities as women and understand our role in patriarchy, um, which plays a huge, huge part in the eldest daughter role, I think we'll be better equipped in actually standing against it and rejecting it for ourselves and um, breaking the cycle. Um, Jalika, did you want to say something? Yes, I just, I think it's more of an observation maybe, but it's, I think it's wild to me or maybe unfathomable that once there were no longer any daughters in the house, instead of them seeing how ill-equipped and useless their sons are, the parents, especially the mums, turn towards the daughters and say, leave whatever you're doing and come back, no matter like how important that thing is for the daughter's future. Like if you're away for education or for work or whatever else, instead of it exposing that, wow, my sons are really, really useless. This is a good time for them to step up. Instead, it's like, well, they're doing what they should be doing, but somebody else needs to step in to take care of them. And I think maybe that happens because it's the easier thing to do because it's the more socially acceptable thing to do. I know, for example, in my culture, it's kind of, I can imagine that the dad themselves or other family members may step in if a son is kind of taught how to participate in the household and actually take part in domestic activities and stuff because it's seen as like feminizing the son. So I think maybe sometimes our mothers go along with passing down the, the torch on daughter to daughter because there's no resistance to that and it's just easier for them to do things that way. Uh, by the way, sorry, I just wanted to add on to that, that like it becomes even more ironic because I think also, sorry, just one thing is that the reason why they there is like this stress and like this panic when there is no more daughters, usually it's because like the man didn't bring a wife at home, but like that role will also go down to like the wife who will be, once all the daughters are married off, you have like the wife who who's brought home, who has to take up that role now. In some cases, in like this really, really violent way from the, from the mother-in-laws, because it's just not your daughter. Like there is even less, you know, there's even less love towards this woman 
who's who just has to be here and pick up some work, right? Pick up the mental load, pick up the 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 the, the work that needs to be done around. Just make sure that the men in the house are taken care of. So that's it's so that like it's very interesting. In my case, we didn't have a a daughter in like a daughter in law that came to 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 do that role. So it was like, why is she out here? Why isn't she here doing doing that which is needed? And until now, we still have like that issue because we only have men. We only have like the my brothers who are left at home. And to be honest, they are lost in terms of how to take care of the household. And that role, like my mom is getting older, so she cannot like do that for so long. And like there's like this generalized panic in the whole entire household where we just like, oh, who's going to be doing this? And we still have to pilot some things while not being at the home. In like inside the household, like my sisters literally have to like find ways to come to the house every single week in order to make sure that the the house help like are doing what they're supposed to be doing. My mom is well taken care of, uh, etc. etc. So it's really it's it's a very it's just infuriating to be honest. It is. Um, thank you for that. I think um in a lot of cultures, especially um Senegambian culture, when boy marries, their wife moves into the family home. And that makes that means that I feel like literally like a cycle because a, a mom is raising their child, their daughter, so that that daughter can go and kind of become quotation mark a help to someone else's mom um, and someone else's household and the son very rarely leaves the household um in in that culture the son stays in the house so it's not like they're even leaving to go and fend for themselves they're they're born in that house they grow up in that house they bring their wives into that house and then if when let's say their parents pass away they take over that house so it's like the way the society is set up in a lot of our cultures men have never had to really learn anything because it's set up in such a way that they're just in their little box whereas as women we're groomed to go and do that not only for our own parents but someone else's parents later on down the line and i find it funny that in a lot of our cultures as well when a woman gets married they'll be like oh i hope she has a son i hope she has a this i hope your firstborn is a boy and then who grows up doing everything for them? Their daughters. And their son is just there as decoration, essentially, not being able to do everything. And going on to the topic of parents get to an elderly age, it's still the girl that's expected to look after them. I've been in conversations where our age are being told by their moms and dads like, oh, when you buy a house, make sure I have a room but the son is not getting the same treatment. It's like you're literally born to look after, you're born to serve, and that's all that we're really known for to do. And it's really unfortunate that our whole lives revolve around serving others. And I think that's why people get really upset when they hear women say that, oh, I don't want to have kids, I don't want to get married, because you're breaking this stereotype that... Um, that was already written for you. You're breaking all the norms that society expects of you. So by you saying you don't want to have a child, you're not really fitting into the narrative that was already written for you. And I think 
a lot of elders' daughters are now in a place where they're not wanting to have kids. They're not wanting to be married because they've seen the amount of pressure and stresses that come with being married and having kids. And to some of us, it's just not worth it. And we don't want to look after someone else for the rest of our lives because it just doesn't seem like it's not fun. You've done it all your life. It's like time for us to concentrate on ourselves. And I think that's how a lot of us see it as. Um, does anyone want to add anything? I'm going to do another DM. So, okay, someone says, um, patriarchy and family sucks. My uncle has always taken care of my mom and my sister financially, but never learned basic cleaning, such as laundry dishes, even just cleaning crumbs sometimes. But my sister and I understand how much he cares for us, but we have to constantly clean up after him. On on my days off, I have to wash dishes at least three times a day or else it will pile up. When I try to explain to him ways to help me, like just basic wipe down, it's considered being mean. And if it, if I push further, it becomes a fight. Um, <laughs> I think um, this one, thing that I'm going to continue saying um, is that as elders daughters we should we should start being comfortable being uncomfortable in the surroundings that people put us in and I think the reason why a lot of our family members are not going out of their way to learn things or they're not going out of their way to know basic stuff because they know that so-and-so is going to do it if I don't my pet peeve is the kitchen not being clean. So my siblings know they don't have to do it when I'm home because I'll do it. But I've got to the point, I'm like, we can all live in a mess. As long as like the spaces that you spend predominantly most of your time in, i.e. your bedroom, um, is clean and, you know, you feel happy and safe in there. I think just start letting things be and just do whatever because... I'm very sure that when this man goes to other people's houses, he knows how to clean up after himself. He's doing it at home because he knows that he can behave like that in that space. And I think more of us need to start being okay with the dishes piling up and wash your dish and leave the rest of them there. When they run out of dishes to do, they'll start doing their own dishes. and think it's just something that we're just all gonna have to learn and hopefully it will help us in actually setting our boundaries and sticking to them. I agree I've um, been in a similar situation recently where um, I've been hoping that my uh, my younger sibling my brother would um, get a job in his field he's just doing something that just makes ends meet and I've had a, an ongoing battle I would say since he's left uni for about five years that he will step up and actually get a you know a decent job and you know make, make something of his life and I've noticed that that actually caused more conflict because there was something that I wanted for him and I wanted to do for him or make his life better by encouraging him and supporting him when actually maybe we also just have to take a step back and accept that maybe 
they might not want these things for themselves. We're not responsible for someone's success. We're not responsible for someone's emotions. We're not responsible for anything that might happen in their lives. And that's probably us learning to draw a boundary. And that might not come naturally because, you know, we have been in this role, this caretaking, responsible, capable role. So, and sometimes it can feel scary not to do those things because maybe that's how we've learned to relate to ourselves as the carer, as the capable one, as the uh, the one who encourages. And maybe we just have to, you know, come away from that role and do something different. I just wanted to say that I think, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want to draw on the example of Gambian men being useless. I think that thing of always wanting to kind of rescue our siblings from the things they're incapable of doing is, it can be very jarring when you actually realise that as an eldest daughter, if you step away, everything doesn't fall apart. And even if some things fall apart, like people learn to deal with the collateral and put things together. And I always say that, you know, for example, in Gambian culture, you don't grow up seeing men in the house, like cooking or cleaning or participating in any of these things. They're literally babied from birth. And then the care is, you know, their moms and their um, female siblings looking after them. And then that care is passed on to their wives when they get married. But Whenever Gambian men, like, for example, marry a woman of a different race and they move and you see them cook and clean and do all of these things that you would have never imagined them doing within their Gambian households or with a Gambian woman. So I think sometimes when people are in these situations, they know what the right thing is to do. Men are not oblivious to kind of um, all of the hard domestic labor that the women around them take on they know exactly what's going on but don't do anything about it because it benefits them but I think what literally when they're in a situation where they have to they either will or they'll learn but I get that as an eldest daughter it's really hard because watching that happen kind of feels it you're made to feel like it's a failure on your part because you're supposed to care for these people and if they have to do anything for themselves and struggle especially things that you can do for them easily then you're a bad sibling. But yeah. Thank you. Um I I second that. And I think this also contributes a lot to the the inability as eldest daughters to actually rest and relax. Um I don't know about you guys, but the idea of sitting down and not doing anything is almost like a comes with like a lot of guilt I think because um we're all taught that you should always have something to do whether that being cleaning the house fixing your siblings problems and doing something for your parents or whatever and it gets to a point that you do so much that you end up burning out and when you go to your family to like try and you know, back off a bit from doing things, it's that one thing that they'll remember. You can do 10,000 good things for them, but the one day that you actually decide that I can't, I'm not in a position to do so, that's one thing that they'll remember. So I think that's why I would say don't kill yourself for anyone because the people that truly appreciate what you do for them will, will understand that today she can't. 
Um, and I think that's why I feel like the word no needs to be very big in our vocabulary. Um, we don't know how to say no. We're always there to make sure that everyone is good but ourselves. Even if you're not comfortable with saying no, you can take your time instead of agreeing to things. It doesn't have to be you ask you ask me something, now I answer now. You can be like, let me get back to you. Let me think about it. It doesn't automatically mean that you can't do it. Maybe you can do it, but under your own terms. And I think that will help you in making sure that you're able to do things for yourself and also able to meet the needs of others um, to your own level of satisfaction, not because anyone else wants you to do it. So in terms of looking at the ways that we can um, kind of move forward from the things that we've missed out on, um, I'm going to ask Andura if she could give us some tips that maybe we can work on um, in our spare time to help us in dealing with things that we've missed out on missed out on as eldest daughters and making sure that we don't continue just living lives for others yeah i i thought perhaps maybe just from all the conversations that we had today just rounding it up perhaps one of the things that stuck out to me especially in terms of missing out has probably meant that we might not have had firmer boundaries in place before and that's mm. okay we are learning now that probably that's what we need the most in order to move forward and i guess perhaps maybe thinking and taking some time and today's been an opportunity just to have a great big discussion with lots of people with similar experiences but maybe thinking well what would my boundaries look like and maybe thinking what might this look like in different situations so you know we might be very good at setting boundaries in maybe with our work or in other situations but maybe not so good with family or siblings so it's maybe identifying what particular places you might find or struggle with putting boundaries in uh, maybe having a think about that uh, in which particular relationships you might find and maybe starting from there. So, you know, perhaps maybe as opposed to kind of going straight in and making changes, it's probably worth kind of thinking, thinking about taking the time even to think about what that might look like for you particularly and maybe mm. doing one nice thing for yourself, whatever that might be. It doesn't have to be quite big or grand. It might just be a small mm -hmm. little gesture for yourself and looking out for yourself and, you know, we, we use well, the words well-being and self-care quite a lot, but maybe thinking, well, what does that mean for myself? And what can, mm. what's the one thing that I can do every week for myself that's just for me? It's not time for anybody else. It's not time where people have several demands on you. It's just for you. So I, I thought that perhaps maybe, I know it's not directly related to missing out, but maybe carving in some of these moments for yourself might mean that you might not um, miss out on slightly larger things later on. So maybe just starting starting small might mean that you're actually making this this time for yourself. Thank you, Manjura. Um, I I agree, and I think making peace with the past and what you've already missed out on, and um, accepting that it's happened, and even if you may not be able to get it back, you can start from today. Um, whether that may be learning to ride a bike because you didn't have a chance to do that as a child or go into your first concert because you were never allowed to do it whatever that looks like for you I think it's important to understand that it's never too 
late to start living life for yourself rather than for everyone else. And I think with that, it will, it will get easier. You may feel guilty. It's part of our brand as elders daughters to feel guilty for being nice, for being nice to ourselves. But just remember, if you can be nice to everyone else, you can definitely be nice to yourself as well. Um, Jalita, do you have any final words? Yeah, I was just going to say on that note that I think as eldest daughters, it's also a good practice to be able to do nice things for yourself by yourself. Because I know that from experience in my short time as an eldest daughter and also growing up having a best friend who was the eldest daughter and had a lot of responsibility, it was extremely difficult for us to kind of have plans and organize ourselves because there would always be last minute things that came up and she'd need to babysit. So I kind of always felt like every time you plan something, it would end in disappointment. So I think if you can carve out some time for yourself, it doesn't have to be with other people. It doesn't have to be in a group setting. It doesn't always have to be with your friends, but you can do like nice things for yourself by yourself. And that way, at least you get to do them. Um, I think that's a good practice maybe to adopt. Thank you both. Um, does anyone have anything they want to say before we jump off? Um, if not, um, thank you for joining us this week. Um, we're going to aim to do this in monthly space where um, we can just all come together and catch up um, on the things that we've been experiencing as eldest daughters. Um, if there's any um, particular topics that you want us to discuss next time and um, please do drop us a dm and we'll be more than happy to create a space for it and yes yeah, thank you for joining and hopefully we'll be back end of february have a good night and bye for now